0: Ryan Hanna launched at Health as a side project back in 2012. What began as a D2C fitness app is now a fully managed digital wellness solution serving employers, schools, and health plans. The mission? To empower a healthier, happier world. Hi, everyone. I'm David Williams, president of strategy consulting firm Health Business Group and host of the Health Biz Podcast, a weekly show where I interview top healthcare leaders about their lives and careers. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a review. Ryan, welcome to the Health Biz Podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Great. So let's talk a little bit uh, about your background and your upbringing. What was your childhood like? Any childhood influences that have stuck with you?
1: Yeah, happy to jump in. So uh, I was born in Kansas and then moved to Germany shortly afterwards. Uh, spent a few years there before settling into North Carolina for most of my childhood.
0: Uh, so
1: you know, even though I was young, you know, I, I look back at you know that time being abroad in Germany and I think it showed some of the importance of you know stepping out of our comfort zone and you know experiencing something new uh the more we do this, the easier it becomes to do later on in life or at any time when we're feeling a bit challenged so uh that was you know a big part of moving around and you know doing that uh, obviously you know, the, the reason behind that my uh my dad you know spent his life uh you know serving as an officer in the u s army uh my mom was a nurse for over forty years and so Directly and indirectly through that, you know, this taught me, you know, sort of the the importance of service to others and making a positive impact on your community. Uh, so and the world in general. So still to this day, again, they're they're still helping out and you know, staying active within the community, doing that. Uh, I believe again, as we look at it and sort of you know where this has come and evolved, uh, there is for us this this overarching goal and vision to create a healthier, happier world. So doing that through. Multi-generational impact on health, uh, seeing how we can, you know, help people of all ages and abilities. Uh, we're even now sort of spreading that out across, you know, supporting hospital systems and how we can make positive impacts on the communities there. Uh, taking on social determinants of health, um, so a big part of, of what we do, and kind of again, kind of growing up through that and seeing it uh, through them and being inspired by that. Uh, you, you never realize it at the time, but kind of looking back. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, there was an influence there.
0: So pay so. pay attention when you're a kid, I think, is the is the message. And what did you do uh, education wise once it was in your your hands?
1: Yeah. So so after high school, I uh, decided to go to the University of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, I'd actually taken on a uh, four year Army scholarship for that. So uh, I think even at the time there, the, the decision to join the Army through through that mechanism was even a surprise to my parents. We, we hadn't really talked about it that much. Obviously it was a big part of what we do. And yeah. uh, I think there was, there was something in there. I, th- I think, you know, sort of being, you know, in entrepreneurship and, you know, again, kind of thinking about it, it was a choice to do something different. I, I really didn't know anybody else who was doing it. And it was an invitation to try to do something more adventurous and put myself in the situations that, you know, might not otherwise get to experience. So.
0: That's great. Yeah. And what was your you role know. in the army? What was your role in the army?
1: Yeah, so I was a uh, officer in the U.S. Army in the Signal Corps, so um, worked in a couple of different organizations, one was a combat camera organization, another training support battalion, so definitely, you know, really value that time in the Army and, you know, know that, uh, you know, that carries on with me, working together in an organization with a common mission and values, it's incredibly rewarding, and uh, there's so much diversity in, in the military. and being able to, you know, work with so many different people from different walks of life, you learn about, you know, even your own privilege and biases and, and making sure that you're aware of them and then you quickly respect, you know, the benefits of working in a diverse group once you've been in that situation.
0: One of the things also I hear from people who've been in the, in the military is that the opportunity to uh, have a leadership role at an early age and real you know, serious leadership yep. also makes a difference. And, you know, as hard as it is to start a business uh, it's not life and death.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's the perfect you know place to sort of get into that gradually. I mean, everyone you know, you kind of start off and no one really knows exactly what they're doing, and you're you're kind of taken through training, you're taken through experiences, you're you're put into situations where you really get to challenge that and and see how you can thrive. And another big part of the, the military too that I, I think sort of a lesser talked about uh, benefit is uh, also even you know having somebody take accountability for your physical and mental fitness. I mean, again, you, you can't really, you know, hide being, you know, unhealthy if you're being woken up three, four days a week to go out for PT at 6am. And, um, I don't know, it's helped me make that more of a part of my life. I think growing up, you know, and, you know, we all have different experiences with sort of exercise and fitness as we go through adolescence and high school. And, sometimes those aren't great experiences you know you might not really feel like you fit in with gym class or the weight room is some sort of distant place for the football players that no one else goes so uh, I don't know yeah especially after you know kind of having been in the military and then uh, when it was time to kind of leave university and and go on to do this on my own it's all all of a sudden oh, okay well now I actually have to do this you Know on my own without the accountability, nobody yeah. telling me exactly what to do, and uh, you know, that that sort of started to lead into uh, you know, how circuit sort of comes about, and you know, how that personal need really even to uh, think about you know, re envision what fitness and movement was for myself. Uh, again, you sort of instantly think, you know, and many people do, it's you know, it's going to a gym, it's you know, walking in there and feeling really intimidated by all the equipment and not having the confidence to do the right thing and uh you know looks like a torture chamber i mean you if you've never yeah. been in one it, the first time you go it, it's got that big sort of daunting experience and you know i think once you sort of step back and you you start to realize you know actually maybe it's a bit simpler than that maybe we can just think about a little bit more movement or we can standardize some body weight exercises that you can do at home uh that was a, you know a, a big you know, life changing moment.
0: Got it. Yeah, I guess I had never thought about it this way, but probably the um, you know the equipment suppliers for the gyms and the torture chambers is probably this different <laughs> two different divisions of the same uh, the same company. So bef- before there you, you did Swork it before you did Swork it, I saw a couple other things on your background: Sparta and CapTech. What, what were those?
1: Yeah, so you know, some of my, my first jobs right out of college, uh, again, kind of putting to use you know that signal core training. Uh, you know, I became an IT network administrator uh, in the defense sector just outside of D.C., so uh, again, it helped having a clearance to kind of jump into a role like that, and uh, again, as you sort of transfer there into, you know, nowadays, you know, thinking about, you know, how this fits into healthcare and, you know, the privacy security, uh, it certainly has has come to, you know, help out quite a lot. Um, While I was, you know, at Sparta, which was, uh, we went through two different acquisitions, which is obviously an interesting thing. We there there was a time that uh I just happened to take on a new year's resolution to teach myself to code and uh happened to get very lucky that at the time you know Swirk it was actually one of the the first ideas that I came up with to sort of solidify that knowledge and put it into practice so um uh, started doing that on the side and building it out and uh that eventually I uh, moved on my next uh my next job roles uh with a company called captech and this is my first sort of actual web developer job uh, that gave me, you know, that confidence that this thing that I had built that you know by this time is being used by millions of people uh, throughout the world has sort of become my brand new resume and is kind of you know the my existence and helped me kind of go in and uh, do that with others and working on on lots of larger projects. So is you know it sounds like this
0: work it uh, started around. Around that time, and I'm wondering, you, you sort of answered my question I had about what need did you see when you're talking about yeah. you know being overwhelmed by the gym, but the importance of uh, you know physical and mental fitness uh, as well to anything you're you're doing. So, how did it work out as kind of a side project, and then transitioning into a you know a full time kind of all consuming business venture?
1: Yeah. So, so again, early days. Yeah, it was, it was again one of the biggest things that I you know again I talked to other entrepreneurs about is if you can focus on you know solving even a need for yourself and something that is probably going to resonate with others uh that really helps you feel very passionate about it and you're willing to put in those extra hours on the weekend and evenings if if that's what it's going to take to to get things started you can take all those risks at an early stage without a lot of uh you know kind of external risk and other employees involved um, so it started off i uh, you got it out there into the world after about 5 or 6 months of sort of teaching and learning and implementing and I was able to, you know, get pretty lucky at the time. There, You know, this was back in 2012. Um, there wasn't, you know, a lot of other fitness apps at the time. And uh, it met, you know, it met a lot of the needs that we need around breaking down these barriers for fitness. So I don't have enough time. I don't have any equipment. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't like gyms, anything like that. Uh, so that, that story resonated well with folks. So I, I got it out. I started spreading the word across different blogs. and uh, It seemed to resonate. They People were willing to write about it. And that's how it's really started to begin and um, started to get, you know, kind of went from 10 downloads to 10,000 downloads to a thousand, you know, sorry to a million downloads after that. And through that time, just meeting members, uh, there was a really memorable story. There was a a flight attendant, Lisa, who you know reached out to share her story about circuit. And it was about, you know, she again had that similar story of being intimidated by the gym and her friends had been inviting her to go to yoga and, Felt like she was going to embarrass herself, so she started using Sworkit to really build that confidence up. Um, you know, use Sworkit at home, build up some experience, some endurance, and then was thrilled when she, you know, was finally able to say yes and go along to that class. And um, through this time and through getting so many of these stories, I, I had met uh, what you know eventually became uh, our business partners, uh, Ben Young and Greg Coleman. Uh, they had founded a company called Exercise. Uh, they met at Wharton Business School in 2010, and uh they, you know, we, we had met and we started talking and just kind of sharing stories about each other businesses. They had another gamified fitness app out in the world. And they uh eventually, at one point, uh, I think Ben was just, you know, kind of on a whim. They just had a board meeting and he was at the airport and he, he texted me and he asked, would you ever consider selling Swerkit? And immediately I was just thinking, absolutely not. Are you yeah. kidding me? I'm just, you know, this is just sort of getting started. I'm not sure where it's going. Uh, so I think for me, it was sort of all of a sudden a validation that a Somebody's saying that, that there's more to this. Uh, Somebody's saying that there is a real business case that this can grow and, you know, bringing some of their experience in. Uh, we were able to eventually, you know, agree to to join forces and uh, came and stayed on. And, you know, that's where it's working it really, I, I believe, through their vision of what it could be, uh, really started to grow into the business that it is now and uh, how we developed that over time and have been able to kind of maintain that progress.
0: You know, I can see a natural fit between Swirkit and exercise. They both seem like companies that you you took a sort of a, a word or a name that people are familiar with and threw <laughs> another letter in front of it. So you know, work it Thomas with works. an S in front, and exercise yeah. with an N in front. But where, wh- how did you come up with the name Swirkit? What what does that really mean?
1: Yeah, if so anything. early days of it. Was, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, early days it was a sort of take on circuit workouts. So for me, again, you know, circuit work circuit workouts were a way to You know scientifically proven workouts exercises putting them together in the right way but you could choose the amount of time you want it to do and i mean the amount of times you kind of go through that circuit it's about flexibility it's about fitting into your life Uh, eventually as it progressed we we shifted that focus over to simply work it Uh, again core to our our mission as a company and the way we develop our product Uh, we want to simplify things as much as possible we want to break down those barriers um, get more people involved. You know, people who don't think that they are somebody who exercises. All of a sudden, we simplify things. Hey, maybe five minute stretch. All of a sudden, now they are somebody who exercises. Uh, that's even progressed. Now we we've even changed up to you know, like many people do, added the word health at the end. Uh, but this is really a signal. So now we are at Health, and it's that signal that you know we are also very focused on the outcomes and you know, looking how this plays out uh, within the healthcare industry and how we can you know, help people kind of go from wherever they are to a healthier state.
0: I'm always interested in the differentiation from other sorts of players that are out there. And I think partly what I'm hearing from you is about, you had something that's clearly proven on the consumer side are you serving a need, as you said, yeah. maybe first for yourself and then others, you give the you know, Lisa example uh, and, and other people like that. And now you've got something that comes from the consumer side and then is going to healthcare and employers which is different than I think the typical product that's out there. What, how, how do you think about what your differentiation is?
1: Yeah, I think that there's there's quite a few. One of them is, you know, our focus on, you know, innovative approach to personalized wellness. So, you know, we're pioneering, you know, the ability to tailor fitness and mindfulness nutrition to each individual. Uh, So going beyond the one size fits all type models and, integrating science and inclusivity uh, to empower, you know, people of every age, every experience level to take control of their health. Uh, I I think, you know, that importance that there's the solutions that are out there oftentimes, you know, sort of just video based workouts that you can sort of, you know, hope you get the right one for you. Uh, We, we take it further where you can actually personalize and customize your workouts. We can recommend specific workouts based on injuries you have. So we will actually take that in account and make sure we're only recommending workouts that are going to be, you know, safe and effective. Uh, We also have a a big focus on global availability. So so it's available in 14 languages with many more coming in 2024. And so having an equitable benefit for large companies who, uh, you know, again, have workforces across the world or maybe in communities where uh, the individuals aren't native English speakers, being able to make sure that everyone has a great benefit that's accessible to them. Uh, and then through that, too, making sure we can help beginners. So beyond just sort of lifestyle and driving healthy outcomes for beginners who may feel lost and sort of intimidated by all the different options out there.
0: What is the value proposition for an employer? And I'm wondering in particular, is this something that you bring in to reinforce the the culture and wellness and cohesion, mm-hmm. or is it something that's trying to present, let's say, a hard Return on investment, for example, on like orthopedic costs or something like that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, focused a bit more on on the former there. So again, we are a consumer grade benefit that employees will value. Uh, you you know, tie that into bringing in the enterprise features, the social interactions, challenges that we we've offered. Uh, I think once you you know you let people know that hey, this is available for you. We as a company are prioritizing your fitness. Uh, one of our values, wellness, is a priority. We want to help as many other organizations see that as possible. If we can help people build up their own confidence, you know, outside of work, that will obviously, you know, bleed into what they're doing there. Uh, If we can get people working out together and thinking about, you know, motivating each other, uh, there's all of a sudden, you know, a a new level of cohesion. So, um, yeah.
0: Um, You know, people sometimes work out with a physical trainer or they have a health coach. But on the other hand, in this not in the same way, but you know, gym can be intimidating for people, but it can also yep. be intimidating, not to mention expensive, to work with a trainer or a health coach. What is the role for, you know, can you actually digitize those functions? And does that help both on the, the cost side and the accessibility approachability side? How how do you think about that?
1: Yeah, we, we often look at that model of digitizing uh, you know, you think about a normal gym experience, right? So you know, maybe, you know, what you're sort of thinking about when you walk into a gym, you you hope that maybe somebody is going to be there to welcome you, right? They'll help you understand, you know, want to understand what your goals are, what you're sort of planning to do. They'll give you a simple plan that you can follow day-to-day, provide clear instruction, encourage them, uh, introduce them to others in the community and help them find accountability, help schedule the next visit. These are the, you know, so we we always do look at that model. We think it's important to kind of mirror a bit of what, what the best case scenario would be in real life uh and then putting into that the way that we can digitize that and do that at scale uh we we do love you know making those sort of real world connections into how we can make that more digital
0: i talked to quite a few entrepreneurs whose companies serve employers and health plans sometimes providers it's fairly rare to have schools up in that list and i'm wondering where did the idea yep. of serving schools come from
1: yeah so since 2015, we we've added kids' content to the app, so actual children doing the demonstrations, uh, which is you know much more easy for a child to follow along when it's not some you know, yeah. six- foot tall trainer. and you know, again, they're, they're seeing the sort of you know sometimes awkwardness of movements and they can relate to that. So uh, that was a big part of what we do, and I think you know in 2018, we formally launched our Sworkit Youth Initiative uh, with the vision to create a multi-generational impact on health. Uh, we again, truthfully, as you a know, team we were having more parents on the team. We were thinking about, you know, how do we pass some of this on to, to our children and, you know, help them grow up with more confidence as youth. Uh, This has kind of led even to, you know, now, so we we've worked with now over 16,000 schools worldwide to have access to this work uh, this means we've even added in our own. uh, We've worked with uh, some of the top PE teachers uh, in the U S and have been able to create specific curriculum where we can, encourage you know maybe a different approach maybe you know stepping away from the sort of model of you know sports and you know those sort of uh more traditional games to play and, and also look at how we can encourage uh you know youth and teenagers to uh, build their own sort of goals and plans and follow that plan and make it measurable and, and fit it into their life uh, in a very specific way so we during the pandemic again there a lot of usage among schools to kind of you know kind of take their normal PE and, and find a way to do that virtually. And we had a, a teacher reach out and one of his students' his mothers had, you know, shared that, you know, her daughter, obviously, you know, well, part of the story was that she hadn't always had a great experience with, you know, PE in person and, uh, you know, again, kind of cited low confidence, you know, for not really taking part in that. Uh, but, you know, as they were kind of going through and using Swirkit at home, she started to build up that confidence, was doing it four days a week. Uh, the mother and daughter were even doing it together and, you know, something about being able to focus and find herself, you know, outside of a normal P.E. environment uh, helped her get that confidence and be motivated to, to do this.
0: It sounds like that's a pandemic related story. I wanted to ask what was the experience yeah. like during the pandemic for you? It certainly changed a lot of digital health uh, companies and brought them to the forefront.
1: Yeah, so so at the time, we again, we were predominantly focused uh, direct to consumer. And so, yeah, as soon as the pandemic hit, uh, you know, we were on the, uh, again, the fortunate side of a very terrible situation where, yeah, we, there was a, a large spike in usage. Uh, I think, you know, again, you saw sort of, you know, uh, exponential growth of downloads and people using the app and, you know, getting their exercise in. Uh, there was then you could just watch the data. I mean, truthfully, it just started to to come down. I mean, I think as we started to realize, hey, maybe this isn't a twelve week, uh, you know, get fit at home sort of mentality, and you know, this is going to go on for a longer time. Um, the sort of you know the usage started to is still above sort of normal levels, but did start to to level out. But for us as a business, uh, it created a a brand new opportunity that we we hadn't really been putting a lot of effort into, and in, in which large organizations, kind of global pharmaceutical uh, distribution companies came to us and were looking for a way to distribute, um, you know, an app like circuit to their employees to help them stay healthy, help them adapt to this, you know, situation they have, of, you know, having to be at home all the time. Uh, so we, we had already, you know, actually, luckily, because of the school systems we did, we, we actually had a system in place to create organizations and onboard, you know, this, you know, amount of employees and, do that in a very secure way uh, so it, it helped us to pivot our business into more of a b2b focus where uh, you know now that you know our main focus is is on helping organizations come on board with Sworkit and working with them with their client success team and helping them you know grow this and get as high engagement as possible uh, so growth since then is as it has been great uh we've also you know i think i think through the tam- pandemic you saw a normalization of digital solutions Um, you know, as uh, employers are looking for where they're going to uh, prioritize their budgets.
0: So the COVID-19 pandemic is largely in the rearview mirror at this point. Um, And I'm wondering where you think things will go from here and maybe how, you know, any use cases might evolve for what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So uh, what we're seeing is, again, beyond just, again, having employee wellness, uh, again, is obviously, you know, going to continue and that's going to be, you know, where a lot of our priorities are. Uh, but we're also striving to work with, um, you know, larger kind of healthcare systems, health plans to see where we can actually make an impact on the community and public health. So, you know, now it's starting to trickle down into, you know, the actual the payers and the uh, hospital systems who are willing to, you know, work with companies like Swirkit, So working with digital health companies to, you know, improve health in their communities with digital health systems, which are more accessible. Uh, they're preventative in nature. Uh, We can work with the schools, health plans, hospitals to, uh, you know, uh, embolden their commitment to public health and driving forward, you know, a a benefit for their community uh, that's going to kind of level the playing field for more people. So uh, I think I think it's the the larger organizations are also going to be taking this on uh, as a uh, commitment that they're willing to make.
0: Great. So Ryan, my last question for you is about whether there's any, uh, any books that you've read recently or at any point that you would uh, recommend to the audience. And of course, if there's anything you would recommend uh, that we avoid.
1: (laughs) See, I haven't thought about the latter of that. Uh, Professionally, again, you know, anyone is sort of ever interested in kind of the the building of a product, which again can be a big part of building a business. Uh, I've always loved inspired by Marty Kagan. It is sort of the, um, you know, a, the, a great introduction to a product mindset of, you know, are, are this, is the thing that we're building going to be something that people are going to want? Are they going to be willing to pay for it? Are they going to want to continue to reuse it over and over again? Uh, and on the sort of personal side of thing, I actually recently reread, uh, Siddhartha, which again, I remember reading, you know, in childhood and, uh, you know, reiterates, you know, I think it's very important as an entrepreneur, this power of patience and resilience and, you know, how we can, you know, we find our own journeys throughout life, uh, you know, teachers of the river that will always find its way to the sea. So I, I always see these, you know, we come up against obstacles and challenges and continuing forward resiliently uh, is very important. And I think we should take a lot of that on.
0: Great. Well, Ryan Hanna, CEO and co-founder of Swirk at Health. Thank you for joining me today on the Health Biz Podcast. Thank you, David. You've been listening to the Health Biz Podcast with me, David Williams, president of Health Business Group. I conduct in-depth interviews with leaders in healthcare business and policy. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite service. While you're at it, go ahead and subscribe on your second and third favorite services as well. There's more good stuff to come, and you won't want to miss an episode. If your organization is seeking strategy consulting services in healthcare, check out our website, healthbusinessgroup.com.